Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. In college basketball last night, Michigan off their first loss of the season. Home for the Gophers. Tied at 57, and then this. Here we go. Simpson to Brasdakis. The freshman with six seconds to work. Brasdakis driving inside. Blocked. Tipped to the corner. Matthews for the win! The call from BTN. Also in the Big Ten last night, Northwestern hands Indiana their fifth consecutive loss, 73-66. In the Big 12, Kansas State pummels 14th-ranked Texas Tech, 58-45. Coming up tonight in the MVC, Drake plays host to Evansville. 7 o'clock tip-off from the Knapp Center. And you and I is on the road at the Salukis of Southern Illinois. And yesterday, the class of 2019 and the MLB Hall of Fame was announced. Mariano Rivera, Roy Holiday, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Mussina are headed to the Hall of Fame. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's a... January 23rd, not April 1st, right? Why? Do you think somebody's pulling your leg? Well, apparently the Minnesota Twins have been identified as the mystery Bryce Harper team. I don't even know if there was. I thought there was a Machado mystery team. Yes. Minnesota Twins signing Bryce Harper? Well, that would, uh, Falvey and Levine certainly would uh, get get some points, I'm sure, in the Twin Cities for that. They haven't spent the money many people anticipated. And I think that's was part and parcel to the rumor uh-huh. that they've got. Bryce Harper's not going to be a twin. No, well, I wouldn't think Machado would want to be a white. So why would you want to play? For, I don't know. It's, it's, it's still Chicago. It's still Chicago, but it's the White Sox. It's Here, a quadruple white pro team, right? Yeah. Can you win one World Series? I know 2005. They did. I, I'll give you that. Can you win? Yeah. Farm system that is... They're loaded. ...been replenished. Uh, you know what? Maybe this makes more sense than on first uh, on the surface. I shouldn't have panned it like I did. How old's Machado? 20... 29, 28. He's in his 20, late 20s. Okay. And here's... You know, you brought up a good point. You've had a couple of them today. You're having a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Yesterday was brutal. Today, I, was, I was tired yesterday. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Um, <laughs> but the farm system... Do you, remember, do you remember a couple of years ago the White Sox were going to... Try and mirror what the Cubs did, right? Yep. They were going to build, and it was going to take a while. Burn, they burn have. the whole thing down, right? Restarted. Yes, it looks now. These are Baseball America rankings. Mm-hmm. Ken and I are not sitting uh, breaking down Triple A, Double A, Single no, A players. I cannot do that. But from everything that you read, mm-hmm. you look at any list of guys that are paid to do that. This is a very good farm mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. You got to get a little bit lucky too. Sure. You need to have a couple of those guys break through even to a higher level and then fill in some gaps with above-average players. That's all a part of it. But they feel to be trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They're, you can understand the the excitement behind the White Sox. Got a boatload for Chris Sale? You got money. You got money? All right. Uh, it wasn't where I was going to start the hour, but here we are. So suddenly the AL Central goes from really a laughing stock, as good as we've seen some Indian teams be. Yeah. It is... It's the Big 12 North, Big 10 West of Major League Baseball. Uh, okay. That's what the American League Central okay. kind of is. Look, it's the East and everybody else most years, right? That's true, Sadly, too. Maybe yeah. a team from the West will pop up. And, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, 
it, you know what? I'm going to take a closer look at that. Okay. I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of preview tomorrow already because I'm very, I'm very excited about tomorrow's show for a couple of reasons. A, I want to talk to Wade Looking Bill and pat him on the back because he picked five straight. He did. Or predicted, rather, five straight. But sports wagering in Iowa is a massive, massive topic. And it is the season because the um, legislature, legislature is in session. And it's, it's, it's a huge, huge talking point, apparently, um, down there. Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission is kind of their spokesperson. And Brian is going to join us tomorrow at 1140, and we are going to be able to ask him any single question about sports wagering in Iowa, how it's going to be done, who's kicking the tires and getting involved. Do you remember last week when um, I mentioned that both Hy-Vee and Casey's are trying to get into? Nobody picked up on that. Uh, We're going to confirm that tomorrow that actually Hy-Vee and Casey's do want to participate in sports wagering. The lottery aspect of the it. Lot, through the lottery. And, through and a partnership with the lottery. The right. big question that I've always well, had. I hope you have more than one. It'll be a pretty <laughs> short interview. <laughs> I'll have plenty. I'll have plenty. But I always wondered, for my own personal sake, if I put up the, was it, $25,000-ish, if I build the kind of casino at a kiosk in, I don't know, Jordan Creek Ball, mm-hmm. can I do that if I pay the whatever the, the fee buy-in is? The buy-in fee? And it's like a, an OTB type of place. Where you just go in, couple of kiosks, boom, make your bet, and you're out the door. If that is because if they open it up to the high V's and Casey's of the world, yeah, but they're vetted. They know high V. They don't know the kind of casino. I don't think they do, Trent. No. I don't. I don't think that Joe Blow or Trent Condon in this case, sure, can um, can open up his own. No, I, I think they're going to frown on that. All right, but they'll be. You know, how are you going to do it? Are you going to be able to bet on your mobile device? Are you going to have to go to uh, a casino to make every one of your plays? Once you go to the casino, can you sign up? That would be a mistake. To just keep it bricks and mortar? Yes. That would be a I big get why mistake. they want to do it. It would significantly cut into the revenues. Yes. Man, a night it like would help put traffic, obviously. Sure. But how much? Yeah. Last night, how many people are going no. out to bet Kansas State, Texas Tech? But you're sitting in your house in West Des Moines and the snow's blowing Boom. and it's 30 below and the wind chill. You're going to pick I'll up put a C note on this. Yeah, pick up your phone. And, yes. And go, go to the basement or whatever it is and, and fire away. So we'll do that tomorrow at 1140. I'm looking uh, very forward to it. He is um, is a straight shooter. I used to work with him at Prairie. He uh, he rose through the ranks, man, in a big, big way. I'm very happy for him. I think he's an Iowa State. I, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe he's from... Maybe. Anyways, he's a, he, he went to Southeast Polk. That much I know. Okay. So he was a local guy. Uh, and Brian Arilko is going to join us from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Cappy's going to be here tomorrow. We, As we said yesterday, we had to postpone Cappy for one day. But we will get Cappy tomorrow. Do you know that um, Yadier Molina actually is still is still hot under the collar at Chris Bryan? See, and, he can't get over this? No, and Trent, here's here's... This isn't just some person on Twitter. Mm-hmm. This is MLB.com, St. Louis Cardinals beat writer, who caught up to Molina and asked him, you know, were, you, were you kidding? Yeah. Were you, are you really pissed? At th- He's pissed. He cannot wait for game one against the... Now, it's, it's not in St. Louis. They'll play each other for the first time early May, and that series is in Chicago. But he Molina kind of... You can read the story yourself. I'm going to find out where it is because okay. I, want to, I want to get you to the right place. Not just but but you, on the Cardinals MLB site? It was published at The Score. Okay. And the person that wrote it was MLB.com's Jennifer Langosh. 
I can't wait to get on the field. St. Louis is home. If anybody says anything bad about my home, I'm going to be there for us. I said to the guys, we're like a family. We have to stick together. We have to defend ourselves. We have to defend our ground. Yes. Whoever says something about us, we're going to be there to defend us. Bring it on. This is what we need in the summertime because, let's be honest, in our market, Iowa and Iowa State drive things, mm-hmm. and we are going to talk Hawkeyes and Cyclones all throughout the summer, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking about it nearly every day, and mm-hmm. we might be breaking down the backup punter. Okay. We will be doing that, but you can't do that for two hours. No. We need baseball, and we need regional baseball. Mm-hmm. We understand how regionalist sport is. You're a Blue Jays guy. You can't talk about it. Can't talk much Blue Jays. No. Can't talk Seattle Mariners, San no. Diego Padres. Mm-mm. Even Yankees and Red Sox can be difficult. But you talk Cubs, sure. first and foremost. Cards. Cardinals next. Twins, Twins Royals, Royals, Brewers, White Sox, if applicable. Yeah. And, and the Brewers have been the last two years. Oh, by the way, you see the Brewers news from yesterday. How can, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, and I know that stadiums change their name all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But Miller Park. Perfect. It's perfect for the city of Milwaukee. Yes. And Miller Brewing, are they? Did they get caught up or bought up? I guess in that that South African company. Or was it South Africa's at Denmark? Yeah. I think it is South Africa. Yeah. now that you mentioned it. Inbev. There you go. Inbev. You got it. Yes. Right. So were they bought? Were they? They were part of that. Okay. Yeah. Now it's starting to make sense because how in the world would Miller Beer give up the naming rights to Miller Park for crying out loud? It was a perfect marriage, and though it, yes, it is corporate, it made sense in its corporate side. Invesco Field. Come on. Yeah. It's Mile High Stadium. Right. And always will be. Right. Whatever name you want to put on it. Now, Target has bought up everything in Minnesota, and it, it kind of works. Well, they're headquartered there. Right. And it it doesn't have that same kind of... What's... Uh, speaking of, we were talking the White Sox. What's the name of... Yeah, something mortgage. Right. Like bottoms up mortgage yeah. or something. <laughs> That's not it, but... Uh, <laughs> well, it hasn't worked very well on yeah. me. Guaranteed what, rate mortgage. There you go. But it had the arrow going down, the symbol. Yes. You know, their, their yeah. logo. That didn't work out very well. Almost as bad as D is for Drake. Yeah, yeah. D minus, D plus. Is that what it D was? D plus. Yeah, the D plus one. That wasn't a very good one. And still and not it's the worst to... of all times, Trent. It's still not the worst PR blunder move of all times in Central Iowa. What do you have? Well, not a personal one, but that was close. But um, do you remember when Special Olympics mm-hmm. held their like their come from all over the country event sure. in, in Ames? And they printed thousands of copies. I didn't even want to say this because it's so bad. Really? It's so bad. I, I miss this. And I, I've been a part of Special Olympics as a teacher mm-hmm. many times. I, I don't remember I this. was on the air at the jock, so it had to be okay. before 2005 or 2004, whatever year it was. It was early 2000s. I mm-hmm. think I was working dire. And they printed Aims for Dummies. No. Mm-hmm. No. True story. True story. Ooh. True story. That is the worst. Worst of all times in central Iowa. And they want to forget it, obviously. I mm-hmm. get it. Um, but that was bad. Unthinkable. It really was, right? I mean, huh? anyway, I'm sure that, you know, once they realized the mistake, they were just sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a time out. We will come back. Matt Poston's Big 12 conversation next. Uh, we will get to Austin Blythe. Former Hawkeye, starting left guard for the Los Angeles Rams at about 11.35. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
Hey guys, Trent Connor back with you once again for New Leaf Wellness Center. New year here and with it, a lot of people working to get in shape, working out, going through a lot of different avenues. I got a place that can help you do that, feel better about yourself and lose that weight. It's New Leaf Wellness Center. Going on right now, their food sensitivity test combined with their weight loss evaluation, 20% off. You can get a free, no obligation consultation at New Leaf Wellness today. Just stop on by. It's 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines over by Valley West Mall. Or give them a call, 650-1358. 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. Not only the weight loss, but testosterone replacement therapy, migraine treatment, and a whole lot more. Feeling better together? Let's do it with New Leaf Wellness coming up here. Find more information online at newleafcenters.com and make sure to tell them that Trent sent you. 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Los Angeles Rams starting right guard, Arston Blythe, in about 15 minutes. Matt Poston's HotlandCollegeSports.com joins us right now as we take a look around the Big 12. Matt, Trent, and Ken, good to talk to you, Matt Poston's. How are you? Um, I'm good, guys. How are you all doing with that weather up there? Yeah, it's brutal. Brutal. Thanks for that. What what's, uh, what's going on in Texas? Uh, we, we finally got some sun, and it's in the 40s. We've been really cold the last few days, but uh, we actually got, last night at my house, I got I'm going to call it snow, but it was more like freezing rain, and we got it for about two minutes. That's the extent of our snowfall this year to this point. Well, you don't have to shovel cold. You have to shovel snow, and everybody in Central Iowa was digging out today. Matt, so so was the Texas Tech Red Raiders trying to dig out of a, uh, all of a sudden, a losing streak now. How things change, right? I thought, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, boy, this Texas Tech team, they might be the best team in the conference. I love the way they play defense. Culver's a star, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Iowa State picks them off now. They've lost three straight, including K-State last night, a game that, you know, was 11-11 with 11-11 left in the first half, which is an anomaly. Uh, but then K-State kind of never gave them another chance after that point. What did we learn more, K-State or Texas Tech? Yeah, you know, as far as Tech is concerned, I'm, I'm hoping this is a lull for them. And, you know, the Big 12, I mean, you see Kansas go on the road and lose to West Virginia. You know, West Virginia is not a very good team this year, but anybody can beat anybody in this league on any given night. That's just the quality of the conference. And, you know, these last three games, it's been little things that have gotten Tech. You know, turnovers against Baylor, bad free throw shooting against Iowa State. Last night, it was really about the fact that, you know, guys who who really had big games against K-State the first time around didn't the second time around. Culver got his. Tariq Owens had a nice game. But K-State made darn sure that Davide Moretti and Matt Mooney, who combined for about 33 points against them in their first meeting a few weeks ago, didn't hurt them again last night, and I think they combined for about uh, eight points. So the the surrounding cast right now is a, is a bit of a problem for Tech. I mean, Culver obviously is one of the best players in the conference, but you know they're they're not getting as consistent production from their bench and from their supporting players as they were, say, a couple of weeks ago. And I think that's that's the thing they've got to adjust the next couple of weird weeks. Chris Beard's got to find a formula 
that works for this team from an offensive standpoint. They've got a nice stretch coming where they get Arkansas on Saturday, and they get a little time off before they go back into Big 12 play. So this is a great opportunity for him to recalibrate. As for Kansas State, I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, a couple weeks ago I thought this team was dead in the water because nobody had any idea how long it was going to take Dean Wade to come back from his injury. I think he got back a little bit earlier than we expected. And since he has come back, K-State's points per game, opponent's points per game, field goal percentage, opponent field goal percentage, every measurable category that you would look at for a basketball team to track improvement, everything has improved since he has come back. You know, Barry Brown Jr. has played some great ball. And I think that we talk a lot about Tech's defense. We really need to start talking about Kansas State's defense, too, because going into that game, they were fifth in the country in uh, points allowed per game and one of the best in terms of field goal percentage defense. So, you know, they're getting at them with defense, and now as they have Wade back and Kamau Stokes is healthy, they're starting to gather steam offensively. And to me, I had them number one on my power rankings earlier this week over at HarlandCollegeSports.com. I feel like right now they're playing the best basketball of anybody in the conference. Mm. You know, I can't argue with that. No, not at all. Go back to Monday night. Everybody's watching Iowa State, Kansas. During that same time, though, Baylor goes on the road again and gets another victory, their second road win in a row. You look at the the parts, they're not great, but the job that Scott Drew has done, just getting this team in contention to be an NCAA tournament team, I don't think can be shortchanged. How has he done it? This is a team that lost to Texas Southern and Stephen F. Austin, a couple of teams down there during the non-con. How's it gotten turned around? Yeah, you know, they lost Tristan Clark, uh, their all big, the guy I thought was going to be an all-Big 12 player for them, injury a couple of weeks ago, and I really thought they were dead in the water because he was really the only legitimate, consistent inside presence they had. If you look at their roster and you look at what they started Monday night against West Virginia, they started five guys listed as guards. I mean, their best rebounder right now is Mark Vital, and he's been their best rebounder for a while, but he's only six foot five, So they really don't have a lot of size in their starting lineup. They've got a couple of guys that come off the bench. But he's really done it with getting more production out of his guards. King McClure has had a couple of great games. Uh, they've got the kid that, that came in from Alabama who committed to Alabama, signed with Alabama, came to Baylor. Um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but he's had some very nice games for them. Uh, DeMonte Bandu has started, started generating some offense for them uh, from an outside standpoint. But I think the really, thing that really sticks out to me is because they play this 1-3-1 zone defense, they're really the only team in the conference that doesn't play man defense on a regular basis. Because they play this zone, it makes it easier for Scott Drew to plug guys in and put guys in places where they can be successful defensively. As, as much production as they have gotten from guys like McClure over the past couple of weeks, their defense has been outstanding. I mean, they did a number on Tech. They did a really good job defensively in West Virginia. And it's because their guys don't have to necessarily think as much because they're in a zone, they can anticipate, they know what their role is, and it actually allows them to save a little energy, too, for their offensive uh, sets as well. So, you know, you gotta give your, you got to tip your hat to Scott Drew. Every time I think Baylor might be headed on a downturn, he seems to find a way to keep them in the mix. I mean, he got them to the NIT last year. Um, I don't see any reason why he couldn't get them to the NIT again this year. And the way they're playing right now, they're sneaky. They're 4-2. and two. They're kind of sitting there between Kansas and Kansas State. And Iowa State and Texas Tech, they're just being really sneaky right now. And they pushed Kansas when they were in uh, Waco a couple of weeks ago. So they're a team 
think you got to watch out for the next few weeks. Mm. Talking to Matt Postens uh, from HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Uh, Barry Brown, uh, Lawson, uh, Marielle Shayok, uh, Culver at Texas Tech. There's four names. Am I missing anybody as far as right now? You know, kind of the midway point player of the year in the conference. I know that in your most recent piece at HeartlandSports.com, you kind of throwing your hat in the Barry Brown ring. He has been spectacular during this winning streak. Who is the player of the year so far? To this point, I, I think I'd have to give it to, to Barry Brown Jr. I mean, I think Diedrich Lawson is a really close second. I mean, it's, it's interesting because Brown does so many things outside of the paint, you know, shooting, defending, you know, bringing the ball up the floor for Kansas State. I mean, I talked about all the improvement they've had since they got Dean Wade back, but Barry Brown is almost just as indispensable to them as Dean Wade is, and maybe more so because we've seen Kansas State be successful without Dean Wade. You know, Diedrich Lawson, he has to be the interior presence now for Kansas with the, uh, mm-hmm. as a decoy injury. So, you know, he's a guy that I love his game because it's so fundamental. He can shoot the mid-range jumper. He can play with his back to the basket. He's got a great spin move. He has a real good feel for the game around the paint. And he's playing now in a four-guard set where these guys are, are starting to set things up for him uh, to not just get the ball to him in the paint, but they're working on some inside-outside sets where Lawson can be the passer out to guys like Vic and Agbaji to take three-pointers. So, you know, to me, those are the two guys right now that I feel like are probably uncut above everybody else in terms of that race. But Culver, like you said, could be in it. Shayok could certainly be in it. And I think a lot of what comes down to Big 12 Player of the Year is probably going to come down to who wins the regular season title. If it ends up being K-State, it's probably going to be Barry Brown Jr. If it ends up being Kansas, it's probably going to be Deidre Blossom. Big one tonight, Texas TCU. It's an important, it feels like, for both sides. Who's it more important for? You know, I, I think it's more important for Texas because they just haven't been terribly consistent uh, so far in Big 12 play. They've had some really good games. You know, I thought the game they played against Oklahoma was really good, but they still only ended up winning that game by three. Uh, they're the deeper team right now when you consider all the issues that TCU's had. They've got four guys in the transfer portal. They just had to activate a red shirt on Barlow. Uh, they're almost as thin as Oklahoma State is right now. You know, The Cowboys only have eight scholarship players. But the, the difference is TCU has so many players that play at a higher level than Oklahoma State right now, so they can stay in games. Texas has the deeper team. They've got an emerging star in Jackson Hayes. I'm going to be really interested to see how he plays against uh, the post game because TCU has two legit you know, 6'9", 6'10", guys in the paint, and Kevin Samuel and J.D. Miller. Uh, they probably have one of the most legit post games in the conference because they have those two guys at forward that can play 25, 30 minutes a game. So, you know, I, I think there's a little more on the line for Texas because I think the heat is starting to be inter- being turned up on Shaka Smart just a little bit. They've had such good recruiting classes there, and it hasn't quite translated into the NCAA tournament. And now with what Rick Barnes has done at Tennessee, Texas fans are starting to say to themselves, well, gosh, what would have happened if we had kept Rick Barnes? So, I think this game is a little bit more important in the short term for Texas than it is for TCU. Matt Postens, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Matt, thank you. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you, Matt Postens.
HeartlandCollegeSports.com as we go around the Big 12. We will go to Los Angeles next. Austin Blythe uh, going to join us. We will uh, catch up with the former Hawkeye when Trent and I continue. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. com. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through. Yeah, Sunday, our next guest will be in Georgia. The Rams and the Patriots make their way to Atlanta. Super Bowl a week from Sunday. Austin Blight joins us, starting right guard for the Los Angeles Rams. Former Hawkeye, Austin Trent Condes, my partner. My name is Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on here in Des Moines. Good to talk to you, Austin Blight. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, listen, I appreciate you coming on. It's uh, great that you're able to share your experience here with uh, with Central Iowa. So, you know, let's go back to Sunday. You vanquished the Saints. You get back in the locker room. Did you even pay attention to the AFC to figure out who you were going to be playing, or was that secondary? That was secondary at the time. Uh, just tried to really soak it all in and enjoy the moment with your teammates. Um, you know, guys are nine, ten, eleven years in the league, and this is the first time they're experiencing this, just like I am. So, to be able to share that with uh, all of the teammate, all of our teammates, and and coaches was is really special. Yeah, you know, it's one of the maybe one of the most special, and maybe this is unfair, but you know, it's just for Andrew Whitworth, the, the career that he's had. Uh, people that follow the game, people that are in the game, the the appreciation for Whitworth's moment that he's finally getting rewarded for that long career. He's he's starting left tackle, he's a couple of spots down from you. What about Whitworth getting to go to his Super Bowl? I think that's what it makes a little bit more special than just kind of any any other time make it to the Super Bowl. I think just you look at Witt's story, and he's year 13 in the league. He just turned 37. He was 0-6 in the playoffs before this year, and, you know, here we are making the Super Bowl and a chance to win. So um, just being able to contribute to those guys' success has been really fun for me. Well, uh, you've been a big part of this offensive line. I know for a long time this season you were ranked as the best guard in the game by Pro Football Focus. As you look at your career, the path that you've taken playing the center position for a long time during your career, obviously collegiately and then moving over to guard, does it does it just uh, strike you in a way that how you got here, the path that you took, and you're going to be playing for a Super Bowl coming up here in 11 days? Yeah, it's just crazy. I know I had talked hmm. to you guys uh, before the season started. Yeah. I was questioning whether you know whether or not Los Angeles is going to be my home for the next year. Wow. So to be you know 180 degrees from that is just kind of humbling. Um, I'm very blessed to be in this position, and um, I think coupled with you know hard work and great coaches, it just I'm I'm at this point right now in my career, and you know I look forward to you know, improve, continuing to improve and trying to help help my team win the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, this is probably a better question for you after the game, Austin, but I've talked to a number of guys that have played in Super Bowls that two a man have told me, and, and I always am struck by this because I would have thought it was complete opposite, that the most pressure that they felt was not playing in the Super Bowl, but it was actually in the conference championship. Um, do you expect that'll be the case for you? I'm not sure. I think that that's definitely a, a better question to ask after the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, there was a, a lot of pressure, though, obviously, in that championship game, just getting to the Super Bowl. So um, I suppose that could ring true, but I uh, can't quite answer that yet. You know, it's going back to that game Sunday in the Superdome, and your teammates didn't exactly help you out 
talking about the Superdome crowd. You know, it really wasn't that loud before. You guys were struggling in the first quarter. You played in a lot of big environments. Was that the loudest environment you've ever played in? And how tough was it making those line calls and understanding, you know, when plays were changing and Goff was hollering at you, what you guys were trying to do up front? That was by far the loudest mm. and most hostile environment I've ever played in. Um, it was a struggle to hear guys in the huddle. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously Jared's yelling in the huddle, and it's still tough to hear him. And I'm I'm one I'm one of the guys closest to him, so um, it's just, it was super tough. And obviously, I think it showed a little bit in the first quarter, just trying to get our our bearings and and how to communicate in that noise. And you know, the Saints fans did a great job making that that kind of environment that made it that difficult for us. So. Um, but, you know, once we got rolling, we got kind of settled in and, and found our groove a little bit. What's it like to play for Sean McVay? It's really fun. Just having a guy that's as innovative and, and charismatic as he is has been a, lot, a real pleasure so far. Uh, just the way he carries himself is, is not really what you'd think a 33-year-old head coach in the NFL would carry himself like. So he just he has an air about him that, you know, speaks uh, maturity. Um, he just carries himself with, you know, grace and, and and intelligence, and it just it shows. I mean, just the way he coaches and the way he, he goes about his, his preparation as a head coach is just um, very impressive. Austin Blake joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO as he gets ready to play on the Super Bowl a week from Sunday. Austin, uh, third year in the league. You, you've gone through a lot, certainly, here to get to this point. But you've talked about making the move to Los Angeles, just how different it is. You're a country guy from Williamsburg. Uh, did you ever think that the bright lights of L.A. would be on on the horizon when you're out there playing football and wrestling in Williamsburg? No, not at all. It's just, uh, like I said, it's just it's been it's been humbling experience, and you know I'm excited to see where the rest of my journey takes me. You know, hopefully I'm here for um, years to come, and you know we'll 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 cross that bridge when we get to it, but. It's been awesome out here. The coaching staff out here has been great. The players are awesome. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun so mm-hmm. far. A few more minutes with Austin Blythe, Los Angeles Ram, former Hawkeye. I know that um, that there's only you've gone up against a lot of great defensive tackles uh, in in your career so far. But you practice with one, I'm assuming. Uh, uh, tell us what what separates Aaron Donald. What makes him as good as he is? Aaron, Aaron. Is just the way he plays and the way he um, plays every snap with intensity and his effort is probably one that's unmatched. Uh, that just makes him an incredible football player, you know, coupled obviously with his athletic ability. Um, he just hits one move after the other. Um, you know, if he gets stymied at the line, he hits something else, and he ends up breaking through. And if he gets double teamed, he finds a way to fight through that. So just his tenacity and his, his uh, level of effort on every single play is just crazy, and I think that's what makes him the best defensive lineman in the league. So we always hear about this time, and and as soon as the game finished, I'm sure your phone was blowing up, former teammates, coaches, everybody else looking for tickets, family members, everything else. Take us through here the last couple of days and trying to get everything set up, people that want to make their way to Atlanta, people wanting tickets, and, and how you figure out who gets what tickets. Yeah, it's just it's been a whirlwind the last 24 to 48 hours. Just trying to figure out who can I, who I can accommodate, you know, how many I can accommodate, and really, it's it's my immediate family and it's my wife's immediate family mm-hmm. that have first priority. And after that, you know, it's kind of uh, everyone for themselves, honestly, just because um, the the money that it takes to get tickets right. and 
travel and all that stuff is ridiculous. So, you know, just making sure that the people that I want to be there, you know, they have first priority and, you know, Thankfully, I'm I'm set right now, and I can just focus on beating the Patriots. Yeah, absolutely, very very fortunate about that. Have you been? Have you seen the itinerary for the week, Austin? As to you know, the Tuesday, the media day, the media scrum, those type of things. Have they put that in front of you yet as a team? Yeah, we've gotten kind of a preliminary schedule at least for this week. I know we leave for Atlanta on Sunday, and once we get there, it is a lot of media obligations and such uh, stuff like that. So our prep will start tomorrow actually okay kind of like a normal week like we would play on sunday um and i think you know just kind of more screw tightening and stuff like that uh once we get to sunday in atlanta so um get most of our prep done and then once we get there it's just kind of handling all the obligations and uh you know honing our focus Hmm. i want to ask you last thing for me i'll let trent finish up just uh you know a number of your teammates having impacts in the league desmond king another big year of course george kittle how about kittle uh did you see this coming and, you know, probably not to the level uh, that he has accomplished, but it, it's also not surprising um, just because you play at Iowa, you, you get prepared by the by Coach Ferentz and his staff there, and, and to be able to see those guys uh, play to that to the level that they have played this year uh, is really no surprise, but it's also, you know, fills me with a sense of pride knowing that those guys are Hawkeyes and that they, they've done it the right way so far in their career. Look across, it's the Patriots, it's Tom Brady, couple of teammates also a part of that organization too what have you seen have you started breaking down film i'm sure you have already of the patriots and and what's it going to be like uh, being able to see a couple of teammates over on the other side you know it's going to be great seeing a couple of those guys uh really close with james still and cole cross mm. and riley just because i played with those guys as far as adrian goes i haven't actually uh, he was gone by the time i got to iowa so it'll be it'll be fun lining up across from him uh finally um but as far as you know, prep goes, I know Coach Belichick is an expert at showing us stuff that hasn't been shown, hasn't been seen on film yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll have some sort of wrinkle for us, and you know we're gonna have to do our best to be prepared for it. And you know, we're, I think we're all really excited here in LA to you know get to Atlanta and play the Patriots. Did uh, Coach? I don't even know if he, uh, Coach Ferentz texts. <laughs> uh, did you have you heard from Coach? I haven't heard from Coach Head Coach Ferentz yet, but I know uh, Brian texted me and nice. Coach Doyle texted me and and Coach Woods texted me. So a lot of great support still from the university, and you know I just I don't think that happens everywhere. Um, I think Coach Ferentz has established a um, a staff there that's you know first class, and it shows even after you're you're done with Iowa, done at Iowa. Um, just to have those guys text me and congratulate me uh, means a lot. Um, it means a lot to us that you found some time for us. Thank you, Austin Blythe. Good luck on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you have a lot of people watching and rooting for you. Thanks, Austin. Yes, thank you, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Austin Blythe, former Hawkeye, Los Angeles Ram, starting right guard. 5.30, week from Sunday, Super Bowl, and Hawkeyes on both sides. AJ yes, Claiborne. Right. Yep. You talk about kind of resurrecting his career. We had that five sacks last year, remember? He did, with, with, yeah. the, with Atlanta. Yep. Um, because yes, in right. Tampa, it was it was trending the wrong direction. Never, I don't think after his rookie contract, he was one that they let walk as yes. opposed to keeping in the fold. And he's bounced back and he's uh-huh. making money and still in the league now yep. eight, 
seven, eight years into it. Mm-hmm. Good out of him. James Ferentz on has the pra- a Super Bowl ring. James Ferentz on the practice squad. No, I think he's on the active roster. roster. Yes. Okay, and has a Super Bowl ring and played in Super Bowl Fifty. Right. Yes. Uh, with Denver. So you got to figure Kirk is going to be there and Brian will be there. Well, he was in San Francisco. The right. family was there because they had their. Um, there were some pictures of family on the field at Levi Stadium on the Saturday of Super Bowl weekend. And a uh, big thank you to Levi over at Hawkeye Heaven. He lined that up yes, for us. Yes, I appreciate that. It's very good of him to do that. Yeah. I don't know him at all. I've re- read about him, but I don't know, yes. anything, know anything about him. So thank you. Absolutely. Credit where credit is due is he made that possible. Yeah, really. Uh, and it's fun. I've talked to Austin before. Just... He's a good Iowa kid. Yeah. You know, it's it's so funny watching these stories and how they develop. And guys, Adrian Claiborne's a St. Louis kid. Okay, that's one thing. And the Ferentz family. But it's just a guy that grew up close to Iowa City, on a farm, mm-hmm. big kid, wrestled heavyweight, mm-hmm. played offensive line, and he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course, I mean, this time next year will be Josie Jewell, another yeah. Iowa kid who's playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, you think so? <laughs> What? What is your your boy? Uh, no, I don't. John Elway figure out what he's going to do at quarterback. No, yeah, he's coming back. Um, he, I, I'm just I, I kid, obviously. Good for Austin Blythe. Really good story, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Pro Football Focus, who we both uh, think is absolutely legitimate. I know yeah. there's people out there that don't, including um, you know Paul Allen is not a PFF fan. Doesn't think that uh, for whatever reason he he doesn't uh, not a believer. But there are a number of people did. Chris Collinsworth put his name on that. Um, Endeavor and it, it took off, but Austin Blythe week after week after week amongst the best at his positions in the NFL as a guard, and it was cut by the Colts, released by the Colts. Well, and that was such a different circumstance, and we ran out of time with Austin. That was something I was wondering. Going back to that time period, you get drafted, you're excited. Now a lot of people had him pegged as a fourth, fifth rounder, and, and he slid to seven, right? Seventh round, mm-hmm. and they'd already dra- drafted Ryan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Center. You're a center, right? And, and Austin Blythe's not the biggest guy either. No, nope. and to play guard, you normally He's have the to be smallest guy on that line. You have to be pretty hefty. So you mm-hmm. figure a position change is going to be difficult. It didn't work, and a year later he's cut. Found a home in L.A. though. Yeah, th- uh, three Big Ten uh, alumni on that offensive line: Haverstein, Wisconsin; Saffold, Indiana; John Sullivan went to where did he Michigan. Go? John Sullivan or Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sullivan's in Notre yes. Dame, right? Yes, yes. I don't remember, I don't know where Whitworth went. SEC, I think, but I could be wrong. Anyways, um, yeah, good uh, Good for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Is it Gurley? Is it C.J. Anderson? Gurley bounces back. I think he does Already in a big way. 12 to 1. MVP. He's your MVP? Well, I like the price. More than anything? Tom Brady will be the MVP. Have you taken a, much of a look at the game yet at all? Because I have not. No, not really. I've, uh, I took a short glimpse of some props, but... You know how many there are, Ken. Oh, there's and there's going to be more by the you know. Yes, this is just the first hundreds, list of props, hundreds, and then I fall into the trap, and then I start betting on Gatorade colors, and <laughs> and then I lay minus one hundred two, and I'm, you don't I'm do betting the, the coin. coin. Yes, do I do. I do it every year. I have a problem, but yeah, it's fun. You do. You it's, do. It's fun. Uh, what do you got to, on tonight? There's a couple. There's one Big Ten game: Purdue, Wisconsin. Uh, no, Purdue, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. There's two games, but Wisconsin, Illinois, really doesn't do much for me. TCU plays Texas. Texas. I, I asked Matt Postens about that. Feels important for both sides, and we haven't talked about the Jalen Fisher news. Yeah, a the kid transfer yeah. just never can catch mm-hmm. a break when he's healthy. He's great. That's a big win. Mm-hmm. The big asterisk. Hasn't happened next a lot. He, him, and Robinson together. So much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But they're with him out, out, out for the year, and with it, he's transferring out of the program. Tough to see. I wonder if he ends up 
back in Me- he's a Memphis kid. Oh, is he? If he ends up back there playing uh-huh. for Penny Hardaway, wouldn't surprise me one bit. But uh, it feels important for both of these teams trying to gain some traction, getting in solid footing to at least be a tournament team, and then you build on that. So that's probably where I'm going to be tonight. Anything else? No, Do anything I, I just, for you? No, not really. I think it's NBC the final. hoops. Oh, who plays tonight? Drake has Are they televised? Evansville on Watch ESPN. I don't have it. You have it? Well, I don't I don't have it set up. You don't subscribe to the Watch ESPN? It's free, isn't it's it? It's free. Yes. <laughs> you have it with your direct TV. Yeah, no, I'm out. Um there's no any this is the final night of the NHL before the All Star break. Uh, you know what? I haven't watched a, I watched one period last night late. I haven't watched any well the Jets are off, so that's probably making it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do tonight? I'm going to Delve into the game. The game. Super Bowl yes. preparations. I think so, a little bit. And, and, and Blythe's 100% right. You know what uh, Bill Belichick's going to do? He's going to do what he always does. What won't they be expecting? Yes. And, and Look, they took Tyreek Hill out of that game completely. They took Travis Kelsey out of the game. I think that's even a bigger factor. Yeah. Tyreek, mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of a one-trick pony. That's a pretty good trick. It's a very good trick. Yeah. And to do it on a cold field, a little difficult for... What, one pass for 42 yards, yes. and that was it, right? That was it. But Kelsey, three for 23. And they and if memory serves, it seems like those three were first half. Yeah. That was... The, well, in fact, that was a prop that I played, was Kelsey both over in catches and yards, because I figured those linebackers are not very good. Mm-hmm. Kelsey is a guy that... Mm-hmm. Should be able to do Should be damage. able to... I think it was three and a half. Didn't get to that. I think it was 54. What is, what is it now, by the way? What is the number now? Do you know? Is oh, it the uh, the point spread. Yes, is it? Where was it yesterday? I think two and a half. When it was. we pretty much said good night. Yes, when we were looking at it yesterday, because it uh, it opened. We'll we'll get Jason Simmel maybe on Friday mm-hmm. um, from Vegas. It opened the Rams favored and very quickly. Trent, I think the wrong team's favored. I do. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. I do. I think the wrong team is favored. You know, that's Lee Sterling, who I guess we're going to get on Super Bowl Friday. Yes, more than likely. Yeah. More than Thursday likely, or Friday. Thursday or Friday. Prefer Thursday if you could, because we got so many football guests yep. on that day. But um, in one of his lines is, the wrong team is favored. I think this is the case in this game. All right. I think the Rams should be the... F- I think Vegas had it right when they posted Rams... One public and, perception changed it and changed it very quickly. Yeah. And not only public perception, I mean, you know how t- who taxed those lines when they first come out? The sharps, sharps. yes, uh, the guys that think there's a vulnerability in the point spread and they're waiting on the counter for that number to be posted, or now they're waiting in their homes with their mobile device in Nevada where you can bet uh, on your phone. Um, and sharps they, attacked it. I, I, I read an article at Vison that said just that. that mm-hmm. They figured that's what it was going to be, close to a pick and they were going to jump on the Pats right away. You're in on this Rams team. I think they're going to win, Trent. I think a young quarterback win. against Bill Belichick. That's where I'm sitting right now. Well, you just heard uh, Austin Blythe tell us that the most hostile environment he's ever played in, I'm assuming Jared Goff is in the same boat. Yes. <laughs> the loudest environment. Do you remember Goff at one point actually went out? He, he, I don't know who was lined up on the, you know, on, on the outside, and he actually ran to his receiver. They had to call a timeout because they're running out of play clock because they couldn't hear him. Well, how about Whitworth that one time? He is screaming into the ear of the yes. guard next to him, mm-hmm. screaming. Mm-hmm. You could into Saffold's ear. Yep, and. And it still felt like they couldn't understand what was happening. Well, Blythe just said Sullivan's the center. He lines up right beside him, and he couldn't hear the snap count. That's probably, pretty loud. I'm Robert thinking, Woods, probably don't open your mouth next time. Yeah. The week before a, yeah. a game in a dome state, any game. Yeah. Why do, why do players do that? They just can't help themselves, Trent. Yeah. Just can't help themselves. You get bored. Create a little headline. Yep. 
Todd Gurley's your 12 to 1 choice for MVP. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. I think so. The price is right. Yep, that twelve to one. That's more. Yeah. If you're getting a, you're getting a running back of that ilk at double digits. We know it's quarterbacks normally win it, mm-hmm. but Gurley's got the bounce back possibility. Mm-hmm. He I mean, he carried the ball once in the second half. It was like a seven yard carry, and that was it. He scored a touchdown early in the football game. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up tomorrow on the program, if you like sports wage, you're going to like our eleven forty guest Brian Arilcom from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission is going to join us. We will. Um, if you have a question that you want us to ask, I guess the best way to do it is to go to Miller and Condon. Mm-hmm. Tweet us at Miller and Condon. Uh, if you have a sports wagering question that you, you know, you you want to dabble a little bit, if you you know want some clarity, or you don't think that we're going to get to your question, um, feel free to do so. Uh, Miller and Condon is that's our Twitter, right? Yep, at Miller and Condon. At Miller and Condon. Just uh, leave your question there, and Trent and I will uh, take a look at those, and uh, we will ask Brian Arilco at eleven forty tomorrow. Wade Looking Bill's going to join the program at some point tomorrow. So is David Kaplan. We'll get Cappy's take on the Hall of Fame from yesterday. I do want to bring up uh, the Chris Bryant, uh, Yadier Molina. Well, it's not a Chris Bryant; it's a Yadier Molina. He's got the problem. Uh, We'll uh, be back tomorrow. Uh, Murph and Andy are next, local-wise, 2-4. to The Fanatics from 4 until, well, Cyclone Insider is tonight, from 4 until 6 or thereabouts. Maybe a little earlier because women's basketball is on the air tonight. Yes, Cyclone women. Uh, And I believe Chris is on the road doing that one. Trent and I tomorrow. uh, Don't forget tomorrow morning rush. And then Trent and I. See you tomorrow, 1460 KXNO.